Hello, I'm Lottie Morley and this is LadyPod, the new podcast celebrating wonderful women. My guests will be sharing their inspiring stories about how they got to where they are now and a few funny tales along the way. My guests today are a dynamic DJing duo who bring the party to pretty much any situation. They are girl talk DJs, Stacey and Kay. Based in Cardiff, these two have made their mark spinning tunes across the UK. Hello, girl talk. Hello, Stacey. Hi, Kay. How are you doing? Hello. Thank you very much for being here. Thanks Thanks for having having us. us. I'm really excited for you two to be on. We've been trying to organise this for about a thousand years. (laughs) Literally (laughs) a thousand years. My fault, not yours. well, when did we meet? We met, I think, probably Skinny dip. five years ago. 2015, it yeah, must have been. must have been about that. Yeah. And I, re- I remember it very clearly. Yeah. So I used to work in Skinny Dip, which is like a novelty phone bag, you know, uh, accessories. phone cases, accessories, accessories uh, company in London. And we were on Carnaby Street. Yeah. And you two came to DJ for the day. Yeah. And I remember you had... You don't have it now, but you had hair literally down to your bum. Yes. And you had it in the most amazing <laughs> top knot I've ever seen. Do you remember this? I yeah. remember coming up and being like, I need to know how you did your top knot. Yeah, literally. <laughs> but the, the best part was I was literally like, just put it up. Didn't really yeah. look at what You're I was like, doing. So flip it and that's yeah. it. Yeah. Did um, it in the toilet on the way here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I remember you saying you were in Cardiff. I was like, well, you've come from Cardiff. That's amazing. And I just assumed that you lived there, obviously. Um, and I remember thinking, I don't think Skinny Dip could have found a more perfect duo to come and DJ. Like, it's perfect for you guys. We Glitter were so and... desperate to DJ for them because they just made, they were exactly what our brand was. And yeah. I, I messaged them and was like, please, can we do something with you? We'll come and play in a shop. We'll come and make you playlists. And they were like, actually... Yeah, let's mm. come play in our shop. It'll be super fun. So we put some sequins on and came up. How long have you been doing it? Almost six years. Yeah, and Girl Talk six years. So I was going to ask, um, are you full? is it full-time Girl Talk? Yes. Yeah, yeah, well, we're both freelancers and we have other things. We do lots of stuff, but mm. Girl Talk is like the prevalent thing. The, the main, purpose, main yeah. event. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so how did you get into it? Um, I wanted to quit DJing. And then I met Kay. Oh. <laughs> I was I was quite jaded and bored of it, and I wasn't having fun anymore. And it's it's quite a lonely existence DJing in clubs and stuff on a stage on your own. And then I was very drunk and <laughs> singing Natalie and Brudia with Kay upstairs <laughs> in Buffalo R.I.P. And I was like, "You have great taste in music and life <laughs> in general. Let's play songs together." And yeah, we started doing Saturdays in Buffalo together, and it was the best time um we used to just get hammered and play tunes basically yeah and you were a dj at this point too okay i just recently become a full-time dj i used to dj for parties and stuff for fun um and then i lost my job um i used to be an events manager for a couple of clubs and then yeah i lost my job and that's when we realized that we could do something together and we could both have a good time yeah and yeah it was it it just sort of it just sort of fell into place really and i always wanted to have someone that i could go Hey, this is a crazy idea, but <laughs> can we please wear matching sparky clothes? <laughs> or can we, can we please do this? This isn't too off the charts, is it? And we both just used to, well, we were each other's enablers, I think. Yeah. For all <laughs> the random stuff that we've done <laughs> over go, the past Is years. this too much? <laughs> no. Never too much. Never. Luther exactly. Yeah. <laughs> In the words of Luther yeah. Vandross. Never too um, much. And I, I mean, I think the matching outfits is all part of the brand, isn't it? It's yeah. amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, for those that don't know these two, it's always 
bright colours, sequins, glitter, sparkles, the whole lot, and pretty much identical outfits every time, isn't it? Oh, yeah. 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 We've got, our, well, I know that Kay has uh, upstairs in her room, and in my room, I have a section of my wardrobe dedicated <laughs> to go. It's like a girl talk shrine. There's just every kind of sequin, every kind of, yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I think for us, or for, for me, I know um, this is why I wanted to sort of finish DJing at, at that point was because I couldn't project the fun because I wasn't having fun. And with mm. Kay, it's just so easy to just, without showboating, you just look like you're having a good time and because we are, you know, and that yeah. helps sort of project that fun onto the crowd and then they sort of respond to that and stuff. So, and, and having that novelty, novelty, it's like, it's like <laughs> part of the part of the brand really and, Absolutely. and people know they're in for a good time if yeah. these two girls show up <laughs> total party vibes yeah isn't total that, party isn't that vibes the, the motto? yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely love that and so did, when you obviously you met each other then and you thought let's give this a go when you first started out as girl talk then did you support yourselves in other ways was it part-time at first and then moved on to something more i was full-time djing at that point right okay yeah so you kind of just full-time. switched into the yeah. right right yeah. i mean it's amazing full-time djing what's that like um tiring yeah i was mm. gonna say tiring uh it's amazing don't get me wrong i would much rather do this job than any other job i've ever had but um it is you've got to put a lot in you do get a lot out of it though so it's worth it's worth the effort mm. also you have to do everything yourself yeah there's no one around to look after you um so you have to do everything you have to book all the jobs in yourself you have to find the jobs yourself mm. you have to make relationships book travel, book hotels, everything, the lot. And then on top of that, be a DJ. So mm. finding new music, finding what works, DJing the actual night yeah. and pretending that you're super happy. And <laughs> pretending that, that you're having... I thought she said so you were having fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, when you're really tired, mm. it can be quite stressful. Yeah, but of course. It was, um, I was in a sink or swim situ- sort of situation because I'd lost my job and I was already DJing on the side and I was trying to find something else to do. I thought I was going to find another events manager job, but I didn't really want to do it. Right. And so I knew that DJing was the, what was what what was working for me. So I just thought if I just put all my effort into it, I'll make it happen. Definitely. And that's why we did it. Yeah. Well, it sounds good. Yeah. Maybe I'll give it. No, I won't give it. <laughs> and if there's anything I ever want, ever push to people is that no one will care about where you're from or like what your situation is behind. If they really believe in what you're doing, then they'll pay for you and they'll yeah. make you work for it. So, you know, just keep pushing because mm. it did, it works for us. Yeah. If you have conviction, you know, you're going to be worth your salt. People are going to yeah. pay for you. Yeah. So If you're right for the job, it doesn't matter where you're from, does it? Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. I, I totally agree. And did you ever feel like you were missing out because you weren't in London? No. No. Very quick to answer. I, I, <laughs> I would have lived there. I would have moved there when I was 18 if I wanted to. But, oh, really? But I didn't want to. Yeah. Why? How, so you're, you're both Cardiff born and bred? No, case oh, from. I'm from Tenby, South Wales. Ah, okay. I tried to live in London for a little bit. I was up and back constantly. Um, I was working for Ministry of Sound, um, but actually, I was because I was on tour with them so much that I it was pointless me trying to like live in London because they were sending me to like Wolverhampton, Southampton, Bournemouth. So I may as well have just lived in Cardiff for cheaper rent mm, yeah. rather than sleeping on if my cousin's floor. Yeah. Um, me looking for flats it was completely pointless and I was working like fashion week and not actually having any money to do stuff so it was pointless so I was just constantly crashing on people's floors for about three three weeks out of the month um and then coming back to Cardiff 
and I realised that I just didn't need to live there. Yeah, wasn't worth it. Wasn't worth it mm. at all. And can we talk about, so the Cardiff music scene at the moment is a bit, you know, obviously it's known for being great, but um, there are venues closing. We've had Goody Who, Buffalo, and now all the stuff with 10 Feet Tall and, and Undertone. Yeah. What do you think about that? Um, well, we know the staff, we've worked in those venues for years, and obviously it's horrid, it's rubbish. Um, but something that we try and remind ourselves of, that there are creative people in Cardiff that want it to be a creative city, a music city, um, so we just need to nurture what we can and get these new ideas pushed through um, and sort of cultivate those and make those part of the scene. The scene's always changing. We're old enough to know before Buffalo existed, you know, and things like that here. And before all those places were, there was there was always something else. There was The Point, there was Barfly, there were all those other venues that have been closed down sadly now as well and were part of us growing up and our lives growing up here. Um, so it is important to just, you know, as I always say, don't look back in anger. Classic. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I'm not David this. Brent today, aren't I? Um, just keep pushing, keep nurturing, keep making these new ideas, let let these new ideas come through. Don't be afraid of change because it's changed before and it will change in the future, mm. basically. So, so you're not worried about it? Uh, it's concerning, mm. but as long as we've got, we can help and push things through. I mean, you've got people fighting for it. It's yeah. really at the forefront of media at the moment. There's loads of people speaking about it. So I think as a community, we'll just all group together and we'll be okay mm. yeah definitely never give up hope of stuff like that i think but i think that what's really important is everyone's uh pointing the finger at like councils and po pointing the finger at pos and things things that cost money but if you're not putting money into the system then what's the point in keeping them open you guys have to go to the shows to make the venue stay open yeah. people weren't turning up to shows that's why the venues aren't making money and that's why the venues are closing it's happened all the time so if you really truly believe in it you need to start showing your support and actually turning up to shows am i right in saying that djing is quite a male dominated industry yeah, I mean, we know loads of girls who DJ, but I think that's because we are girls. You know, mm, I, yeah. I think it, you you are one and then you see one, you know, yeah, so course, it, yeah. it's that thing. Um, but yeah, there's definitely a pressure, I think more of a pressure on uh, women in general in the industry to be a certain way um, or to, to DJ a certain way and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think a lot of people think that because you're a woman DJ as well, that you must be some sort of blogger. Or you've you've become mm. become a DJ through different platforms. Um, there's some amazing DJs out there who are women and are there for the music. And I think that it's harder for you to kind of get seen as that person, but first, right? Than the Instagram side of it. And I think that's something we need to address at the moment. So there are loads of women. It's just the way they're being perceived at the moment. Yeah, mm. and like have having a conversation with someone, uh, with a woman who's a DJ about music. Like, it's, it's not difficult. Just just come and chat to me about your favourite record. Don't go, oh, you're a girl. You're pretty good for a girl. <laughs> oh, no. Are you just pressing play? That's, I mean, we've had all that in the past week. You get, do you yeah. really, honestly, get that a lot? Yeah, still, Every still. show. Yeah. Every show. <sighs> Mental. Crazy. And you don't, think, you don't think the guys are getting that? No. No, no, no. And also, like, um, the objectification, because we're women as well, we get that a lot, so, which is a bit annoying. You were saying that the girls or women, you know, are expected to DJ a certain way. What do you mean by that? Well, it's because, you know, if we're doing an indie night, 
you can't beat match every indie song. You can't make it, you know, a sequence oh, right. of perfectly seamless. Like, it's jarring guitar music, you know? It's rock music. We're, we're not going to, you know, we, we obviously make a transition from one song to another, uh, but they're like, oh, are you doing it like that? Are you just pressing play? Oh, it's like, mate, I'm putting the fader up and pressing play at the same time. So <laughs> Actually, it's really difficult. <laughs> I'm using both my hands, so get over yourself. So yeah, That's we, we just laugh it off now. But I think it, it, we've experienced it all of our professional lives, so it's kind of water off a duck's back, really, I guess. And I'm sure that I've had a conversation with you girls before where you've said people have come up and been like, oh, can we speak to the DJ, please? Oh, yeah. Or can we request a song with the DJ? And you're like, I am the DJ. Yeah, every time. Yeah. Is it really? If there's if there's a, a male technician anywhere near you, they will go to them immediately. And and my, even if you're standing there with headphones on, pressing, <laughs> pressing play <laughs> and doing ridiculous. the faders. Yeah. And it's like hello. And luckily, like we're friends with all the techies we work with, and they're always like, uh, "You need to speak to my boss over there. She's in charge. You oh, know, I love or they're that. in charge. Quite I often they'll that. say things like that. So that's nice." That's good, you know. I suppose you've got the support of the of the yeah. males around you, then that helps, doesn't it? But again, that is um, why we prefer DJing together or we choose to DJ together because you need that support sometimes, like if you're having a bit of a crap day and that's the last thing you need when you're trying to do your job is someone just like not validating you in your position, you know? Mm. So yeah, it's better when... You, you go, are you all right? That was a bit crap, wasn't it? Yeah. Sort of thing. Also, yeah. you can handle it as a team rather than exactly. just, you know, yeah. taking something to heart and then being like, oh, well, this nice rubbish, isn't it? Yeah. 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 We tend not to kind of acknowledge it as well in interviews. It was, it's very rare we talk about it because we don't want to put a, pre- like, we don't want to put a light on it. And we don't also don't want people to start saying, oh, well, they're just girls that moan about other people saying all of the, the most typical, stereotypical mm. girl DJ things. But it does happen. It does happen, yeah. Whether we choose to acknowledge it or not, it does happen. But you, you know, the thing that I do love about you is that you embrace the girliness and, you know, the matching outfits and the phones and stuff. It's super, I I just love it. And I think it's really girly. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Very much so. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not the most girly girl, but for me, that is a way to, like we were saying before, enabling. I can, like, live out my fantasy of being like this crazy girly girl it's almost like a character it's almost yes. like putting on like a, a front to go on stage you yeah know? and again that is kind of an extra barrier of protection I guess if you're like being this persona on stage so yeah for me it's like a chance to sort of explore that and to be that person for a bit so you're like so, uh, Sasha Fierce but yeah. with Beyonce I wish <laughs> I wish do you have a name for your yeah. alter ego <laughs> well, I used to be Stacey French actually a long time oh, ago oh really yeah they, I was on Facebook as Stacey Steve French it was from a Stacey French and that, you just chose that did you just Steve French the character from Trailer Park Boys and that was my <laughs> that was my DJ moniker for a while Stacey Steve French and, oh, I um, love that I, I used to actually just go under Steve French because people would ask me to play because they thought I was a boy no, and I turn up. Yeah, that was a legit thing. Sake. That was a legit thing. Yeah. And so I'd be like, "Are you? You're not Steve." And then I realised I was like, "What am I doing? Stop being an idiot. Just call yourself Stacey French." And yeah. to this day, there are still people that call me Stacey French, which is hilarious. Uh, but at first, I suppose it was a bit of a joke with the Steve French thing, and then it yeah, just yeah, all yeah. got a bit out of hand. Well, well, like, there was outrage. I changed my name to my real surname on Facebook, and everyone's like, "Is that your name?" I we want like, Steve. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. Where's Steve gone? <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> So I want to talk about confidence because for me, you two, you two are performers, really, aren't you? Like you said, you have got a bit of a Sasha Fierce. You, you, yeah. It's kind of a 
performance yeah. when you go and do that gig for however many hours you're you're and you're on stage yeah well where do you thinking about confidence where do you where do you find that how do you build on that uh i don't know really because i suffer from incredible crippling anxiety and i've been on medication for like the past six years now um nothing to do with girl talk yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just it just all happened at the same time um and I think I've always been on the stage because I was a dancer and I was a student dance teacher growing up. Um, so I, I'm just used to being... And if there's one thing I can do, I can get up and read. So anyone's funeral, I, I'm always the person that reads at all my family funerals because that's the one thing I can just do. I can just get up and like put it out my backside and just do it, you know, get wow. in the zone. Um, so I don't know, it just comes from anywhere. I don't, I don't really know where it comes from, it just happens. Because mm. there are some days where you think, oh God, do you know what, I, don't, I really don't want to be... But I think DJing, for me, because I love music so much and it's such a part of my life, you listen to something, you go, oh, I can't help but have a great time because this song is like evokes such memory or this, that or the other. And you just go with it and you just get on with it and just have fun, basically, yeah. I think it does help being on a stage as well whenever we DJ with a stage or like dressing up. It kind of makes you feel like a performance. I'm the yeah. same. I've always been a performer for like my whole life and, you know, I was trained in it. And and I have mass. I'm I struggle with so much, with being so nervous all the time, constantly crying all the time. Oh. Um. So yeah. And but being on a stage makes it a lot easier to kind of deal with. You shut that off quite quickly. Um. Yeah. And I I definitely make it definitely makes things a lot easier to deal with. So doing it as like um a front. And having a different persona definitely helps, yeah. And having your best pal with you, obviously. Also that. It's great. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. So, um, obviously, you're a duo, but individually, Stacey, you're also a mum to two lovely little girls. Sausages, yeah. Sausages? Oh. sausages. No, they're great, they're great. How old? So, Edith will be two in April, and Ivy was four in September. So, two and... Almost two and four, yeah. Mm. And so DJing, I would say, is a reasonably... It's not a very conventional job, is it, I would say. Is that fair? Uh, yeah. And Everyone, also... I'm the coolest mum in the school. Now. I would... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I am very cool. Yes. Um, but obviously, how do you balance that with being a mum as well? Well, there's nothing that prepares you for sleep deprivation like sleep deprivation. <laughs> and I found um, it quite easy to make the transition. I mean... Because I was self-employed, I only had three weeks off after both the births um, because, A, because I wanted to take my mum hat off and get back to being Stacey. You know, I think it's hard to have... You need to make sure you have that balance. It's easy to get wrapped up in being a mum or not, you know, and things like that. So it, it's important to have a sense of self. Um, but also, just because I couldn't afford to take a year off maternity leave as maternity leave it doesn't really exist when you're self-employed so mm. uh yeah luckily I was in a position where I could go back to work really quickly so that was great uh but yeah it's 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 great I work around um the kids obviously they come first I work around their lives and being the best mum I can be for them um yeah it's really rewarding actually and it means that I can I can be there for school pick up and drop off and things like that so you know I'm they're still integral to my life, but I also have work as well. So yeah, and that, so you can say you could say that the antisocial hours actually work quite well yeah, for you. Yeah, then. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I've I've made it work to my advantage. If it didn't work for me, I wouldn't be doing it. So yeah, yeah. And we spoke about uh, working whilst pregnant. Yeah, what, what, as a DJ. Yeah, what, what was that like? Um, normal, easy, like fine. People, uh, I think people assume 
that you're and I was really lucky obviously not everyone is the same um I had two brilliant quite easy pregnancies um and stuff so I I was okay um so I just made it work you know it's the same as any job really and I don't see why it should be treated any differently I remember having to tell people and being like do we need to go through any health and safety aspects and things yeah, yeah. And, and they were like no it's a lot of the places were like no it's fine um but you do get treated differently I think being in that sort of setting uh by staff sometimes and customers and stuff there's a lot of weird touching that I wasn't mm. into <laughs> but luckily nine times out of ten I was on a stage mm. so I was away from people and you know we used to not hide it we just didn't mention it because we didn't want people to sort of treat us with kick gloves or anything because there was really no need if I felt I wasn't safe or if I was in a position where I couldn't do something I just wouldn't do it exactly you know yeah so yeah and you both mentioned before you thought that maybe your employers I suppose which could be anyone any club or venue um were maybe thinking they they were they wouldn't want to hire uh somebody a, a, a pregnant DJ you look at Annie Mack she DJed when she was pregnant. She looked amazing. But I don't think an 18-year-old boy is going to think the same thing. <laughs> you know, at like Freshers Week. Different. And he's like, why is that weird mum pregnant on the stage? Why is there a mum DJ? That's, Te- oh, telling that's me to shame. have it large. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I totally get that. I understand that, you know. But it is what it is at the mm. end of the day. And I saw on your Instagram uh, that you did, a D- you did an event... With your kids? Oh my god! I've done what was two. that? I've done two. So I did um, in Cardiff Museum. Our friends do Silent Disco called Hush, um, and uh, Nathan, who was running it, messaged me and said, "Do you want to come and DJ with Ivy?" And I was like, "This is my dream. Yes, bring your daughter to work." So obviously, we bought matching outfits. Obviously, and uh, well, it was any excuse really. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was great. We I took her and some of her friends from school came with their mums, and it was amazing. And Ivy now tells everyone she is a DJ, oh, which is fantastic. Oh God, that's amazing. And then we did um, the New Year's Eve party in Tramshed as part of Disco Motel, which again was Nathan. And, uh, yeah, it was brilliant because it's obviously other people in other jobs get to share with their children what they do a lot of the time. And I can't do that because obviously my children are children. Um, so it's really nice to show them because Edith came along to that as well. Yeah, I saw the pictures. Oh my God, amazing. It, it gives her like a sense of, she knows what mummy does when she goes to work now. Cause you don't, how do you explain that you're DJing to like a yeah. four year old, you know? So mm. she, she gets it now, which is really, really cool. And she thinks she's great as well, obviously. Oh yeah, yeah. obviously. Yeah, she's got those pictures of her like with her arms <laughs> up in the air going, come on. So you are a cool mum. Because Apparently. imagine being a child and knowing that your mum basically parties for a living. Yeah. That's cool. cool. That's cool. It's cool. That is cool. cool. I and love that. It's cool that we can like, apply it to her life as well like doing school discos and stuff like that so yeah which is I cool. mean imagine yeah. like I mean it wouldn't quite be the same if you were like an accountant or something well, mummy does maths for a living that's what my mum is so <laughs> really is it <laughs> yeah sorry so, hey my mum's really cool sorry Stacey's mum Stacey's mum is the song for a Stacey's reason Stacey's mum oh I love that that was the bane of my life growing up that song god yeah how old were you when that came out 13 14 oh god yep. the absolute age you don't want to the be the worst yeah. time and my mum is like beautiful obviously she's my mother yeah Uh, so all the boys from school were like went into her and it was just like genuinely stacy's mom come on yeah Yeah. (laughs) and i was a bit of a potato growing up so you know (laughs) weren't we all i wasn't i wasn't feeling the love (laughs) oh mate um okay right you set up a girls only skate night prom queen social club yeah tell me about that 
Um, we so we've been DJing for Vans the last three and a half years, doing their girls' um, monthly nights, and um, we watched it grow from about seven people to about two hundred. Was the last big one we ever we did for an International Women's Day, and um, it was just crazy how there wasn't anything down here for the same for us for girls to come and learn how to how to skate without having to feel the pressure of being watched or thinking they're not good enough or not really sure how to start. Um, so yeah, so we started doing Prom Queen Social Club about 18 months ago. It's been amazing. It's crazy how, how quickly it's grown. She's got people traveling. Like I did the first event, I helped out, you know, and I've helped out where I can for bits and bobs since. And it's amazing. She's got people traveling from all over the UK to come wow. and see her. It's sick. And Kay is a genuine, she loves skateboarding. Mm. And we went for her birthday a couple of years ago. And I really wrecked my knee up. It's but kind of where it started. That's where the love for you. No, because I remember, I remember uh, meeting up with you a little while ago. Now it must have been a couple of years ago, actually, or a few yeah. years ago. And I remember you saying, "Oh, I'm learning to skate." And yeah. I remember thinking, "That's cool. That's brave. Yeah, very brave." <laughs> yeah, I just kind of got it into my head that it was just something I, I've always wanted to do it since I was a kid. But I am, um, I was a classical violinist, and that's what I trained in uni, and that's what I was going to be, and that's what I was for a while professional violinist but um I so I never I could never skateboard when I was a kid because I was so scared of like breaking my arm or doing anything and I stopped all sports when I was in school um because of it and yeah when I when I realized that that wasn't going to be my total career path and I started doing other things I realized I could pick up skateboarding again and so I started learning um, and then I got a skateboard for Christmas from my very reluctant mother um, <laughs> uh, who thought it was just a novelty but I thought it was funny because my sister asked for a washing machine and I got a skateboard. Um, <laughs> Bearing in mind Kay is the eldest child. And I, I yeah, was 25 at the time so it was brilliant. My mum thought it was great. Um, and uh, yeah and so I just started to learn and but I was learning away from everyone and out of out of sight from people because I was so scared of thinking that I shouldn't be doing it and that, that I, I didn't sort of belong. And I would go to skate parks and I'd be so nervous because I was new and I felt like I was in a way. And mm. it was mostly boys and I didn't know any girls that skated. And then um, I realised that that was something that I shouldn't be feeling and that, nor should anyone else really. So yeah, we set up Prom Queen Social Club because, because of that. And we were wondering if there was anyone going to turn up. And then we were sold out. And we've been sold out every single month for 18 months. Well done. That's amazing. Thanks. Absolutely amazing. Uh, how many people did you say? Uh, get 50 people in a night. Yeah. And wow. so we've been selling out. And we get more sometimes. And we have to try and squeeze them in. It's a bit mental. Oh, whereabouts is this? Um, Spit and Sawdust in Cardiff. Um, so it's an independent skate venue. And do you think it's brave? Because for me, I well, when I was younger, I used to rollerblade, which I thought was... That's Brilliant. amazing. That's so I loved loved rollerblading. Yeah. Loved it. And of course, I had like my little pads on my elbows and my knees and stuff. But I was, I, I mean, I was quite good at it, so I didn't really need them. But, oh. um, <laughs> uh, but skateboarding, I think, is another level because there is what you must need. I don't know that much about it, but I've been on a skateboard before, before and thought I'm definitely going to fall off of this ASAP. I think you just need to like know that you're not going to kill yourself the first time you get on the board. It's going to be okay. <laughs> we can get everyone... I have a theory that I can get everyone skateboarding, like, just rolling along on a skateboard within 10 minutes and balance. Oh, wow. And I can I can promise you I can get that done. Um, because you just need someone to say to you, no, put your foot here and do this. And right. then once you've got the principles of it, it's so simple. But I think 
anything is brave and exciting if you're taking a challenge that you would never normally do. I think so any any woman trying to like learn something completely new and in the public eye of every, you know in front of everyone else because it's not something you can hide away you can't do it in your living room you know so i think any woman trying to learn anything in front of other people is very 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 brave i went mm. to a dance class the other day and i don't dance and i i felt really proud of myself for actually doing something in front of other people for the first time that i wasn't very good at so i think everyone Everyone feels that in some sort of way. And yeah, hopefully skateboarding gives that feeling to other girls. You're inspiring other girls, aren't you? And would you what sort of range of, of, of people do you get at your skate nights? I got girls from the ages of six to women who are 40-something. No. Um, I've got mums <gasps> wow. who come every Saturday for their boys to skate in the under, under 11 right. skate session who want to learn so they can take them out to the park in the summer. I got... Girls who are finishing sixth form, who skate really well um, and just need something to do and their parents want them to do something that isn't hanging around the street. Constructive. Yeah. 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 Um, I've got little girls who were brought by their dads um, to come and skate because they want them to hang out with older kids. I've got girls oh. who are 20 something who want to learn something new for the first time. And have a beer and have a laugh. Mm, yeah. So it's a really nice big mix of people. I've got police women. I've got designers. I've got I've got students. I've got it all. It's they're, they're just an amazing group of girls. That sounds yeah. great. So you're a role model now. How does that feel? <laughs> it's, it's a bit. It's a bit of pressure. I've been feeling it recently. Um, people have kind of been calling me skate mum, and oh. I've and I, as much as I love it, I'm feeling the pressure of being good mm. and. I feel like I need to be a good skater now because I'm I'm helping all these other girls. But it's not about me and my skateboarding technique. It's not about me being good as well. I'm not I'm not trying to enter the Olympics. I'm not trying to win competitions. I just want to give a space for girls to learn. So for me, all I'm doing is being the facilitator and just making sure the girls have like a welcoming space to be and to like make new friends. And that's my main aim. Well, I'll have to come down to a night, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Please, if that's okay. <laughs> I would love to see you on a skateboard. Yeah, oh, my God. That'd be amazing. I will actually need the elbow pads and knee pads now. <laughs> Honestly, you'll find it so easy, I promise you. Everyone wears them, it's fine, don't worry. Yeah, yeah and we kind normal. of encourage to wear um, protection as well, because yeah. we want... We've got loads of kids, and we want the adults to wear protection, so they show the kids that it's totally normal. We're trying to normalise helmets as well at the moment, yeah, which is definitely. a massive thing. Yeah. yeah. Very interesting. <laughs> love that. What advice would you give to young women who might be wanting to learn how to DJ? Before you think about anything else, before you even start trying to talk to venues or trying to work out what equipment or or thinking that you need to go to uni, you don't just like music, just listen to music. Yeah, I I got asked to DJ. I never wanted to be a DJ, you know, it just, I fell into it. I used to work in um, Virgin Megastore, so I, I used to work in the record part of that. I looked after the records and our friend Ben said to me, would you like to come play some songs? And I went, okay, can I drink? <laughs> <laughs> and I had no training. I didn't know what I was doing. And my friend James was DJing before me. And I went, hi, Ben has asked me to play some songs. What do I do? I'm really oh sorry. And I drank two bottles of wine. It was great. <laughs> and that, that was when I was 19. And now I'm 32. <laughs> Still How doing did it. you manage to so, stay standing and, and doing that? You just, you just pick it up. Right. Yeah. So literally, and then from that point on, I knew what I was doing. So it was like, obviously, equipment changes from venue to venue. At that point, I was creating 
around a load of vinyl and CDs. And now I'm laptop or controller and USBs or whatever, you know. So it, it does, you do have to educate yourself on that. But for me, it always came from, and with Kay, I know, it always came from a love of music and knowing what you want to hear and, and that, again, yeah. comes across. I, I learned from just, uh, I used to put music on in between bands when I used to look after Fun Factory and the Students' Union. And when the DJ didn't turn up, we had a, like a collective CD collection for the DJs. Um, alt DJs and um and I used to just play songs in between if they didn't turn up and it was just because I love playing music and I used to make playlists for all my friends I used to make mix CDs for all my friends mm-hmm. that I realized that's that I loved it and then it was just doing it all the time and just you learn you learn the tech stuff in as you go if you can read a crowd if you can work out what people want mm. rather than what you're you you know being self-indulgent yeah. if you can read a crowd and work out what they want and where it's going to go then you're going to be a good dj yeah. and you don't even need to mix really well or you know be have an incredible you know show or anything like that if you really like music it will show and that's important that's probably the most important thing yeah. you'll work everything else after- afterwards we're still learning like all these years on we're, we're still trying to improve ourselves we're, we're still looking for new music we're still looking for this that and the other in different venues in different places with different people we're always you know trying to make ourselves better and i think if you do have conviction in your actions it will show through and people will see it and recognise you for that and any, anyone can do it. At the end of the day, all we do is press play in it, so <laughs> yep. if we can do it, anyone else can, yeah. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> we know that's not true. <laughs> so one last question for both of you. What's the best thing about being a woman, in the words of Shania Twain? <laughs> I love that. Yes. Yeah. Um, Just picking up on um, Stacey's David Brentness today. <laughs> uh, you can't see, but I'm doing the movement. And if you know what I mean, you know what I mean. Uh, the best thing about being a woman is you can be whatever you want. It doesn't matter. You can do everything like everyone else can. So it doesn't define you. That's the best thing. Okay. Yeah, that's a hard question. Yeah, it's <laughs> really <laughs> difficult. It's really, really difficult. Well, yeah. you can take the other one, which is what's the worst thing? <sighs> being stereotyped quicker than anyone else. Yeah. That's the worst thing about being a woman. Yeah. There are always going to be people like that. But then also everyone else has the same problem, I guess. You just have to see it from the other side and just walk away from it. Thank you so much for listening and thanks to our guests, Girl Talk DJs, Stacey and Kay. Kiriko and Ennis produced this episode. Next time on Lady Pod. I am not like the most put together person at all. Like I told my therapist, I think I will need you more and more every day. Like, could you please marry me? Stay forever <laughs> with me. <laughs> I'm so happy that I can inspire some girls. It kind of gives the hope of like, yes, I, I can do this. I'll be joined by confidence coach Isabel Diaz. Until then, have a great week. Mm-hmm.